Oh, welcome into the porch, and what a great time it is to be sitting on it. No therapy this week. The guys will reminisce about WVU basketball and the strong start that they've had uh, dominating Pitt, and then obviously the football team getting its first ever conference win over the Sooners from Oklahoma. They'll dive into Shane Lyons' resignation as athletic director and kind of give their thoughts on who the next AD could be or what they look like, and also whether or not they decide to bring Neil back or will the new AD bring in a coach of his own. All these things the guys will discuss on the porch. So you know what time it is. It's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. It's in the evening, pour yourself a drink and sit back as Mike and CJ, along with the host Blaine, have it covered for you. Take it away, Blaine. Ha ha, fellas. Going to go a little tighter formation tonight. Only going to have only going to have uh, twins, uh, twin receivers out to the to the left tonight. Uh, Zach will be back with us next week, but uh, was unable to join. So uh, CJ, Mike, fellas, a dub. Nice to uh, maybe. How I mean, about hell, uh, Mike? A weekend where we won in football and basketball and big wins. When's the last time we could say that? Wow, that's actually a good question. Um, I, I don't know. That, that, that is a good feeling and legitimate optimism and hopes, like top 25 expectations. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, and- it, it's, it, it's been a while, I think, since we could, you know, celebrate that. Not only do you get the, the big win in football against somebody you hadn't beat in conference play, but then, you know, you spat pit around in basketball. felt really good. Uh, we've, we have owned pit of late here in basketball. Um, absolutely owned them. Six straight now. Doesn't matter whether we play them at the Pete, the Coliseum, your backyard, you're in Casher, CJ, Mike, we go up to Charleston, Y. It doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to open up a curb stomping can on Pitt and basketball here of late. It did feel good, fellas. Felt real good. You know, we were going to start this thing off, we said, by talking about football. But who are we kidding ourselves? Let's talk about basketball. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. Let's go. <laughs> Do it. Feels like a team that has top 25 aspirations. Like you said, I think they're maybe a little better than that. Now, we don't want to get too ahead of our skis yet. Because the competition at this point, while Moorhead State is going to be a team that's going to win the Ohio Valley more than likely or be right there in the mix to win their conference championship and be in the dance, and Pitt's a power five school, we haven't necessarily played the cream of the crop yet. Let's see what happens out of Thanksgiving. But, man, we look the part right now. But it just – doesn't it seem like Huggy Bear just landed some guys legitimately? Yes. Yes, Mike. Yes. Like, like he got ahead of the curb and he got experienced, like almost pro level college basketball players relative to being prepared for Power Five. Yeah, it, it does. It, what it feels like is it feels like he he said, "Oh, this is how people are doing this now." Oh, okay, well, let me hold my beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Huggins just went out there in a the portal and got what he wanted. I mean, he got the JUCO. What? freshman of the year in Wagi. He got a JUCO player of the year in Bell. 
He got Stevenson, a, a hard-nosed, tough winner who just makes plays as a gamer out there on the floor, does a little bit of everything for you. He gets Joe Toussaint, who's an absolute defensive menace and plays great on-ball defense to pair him with Keedy. Got a little more offensive game. He's tough. He's got that New York kind of grit to him that you know Hugs loves in his guards. I mean, fellas, and we're not we're not even hitting on Emmett coming back and him just being like the, the godfather just saying, yeah, you know, come on back. You know, it's kind of like just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. They pulled me back in. I mean, that's Emmett Matthews right there. Man, this team is fun. I, I've got diary of the mouth right now, fellas. You guys take it from me because I could I could probably talk forever about the way I feel about this basketball team right now. I pulled out the old uh, Norma May Ray Huggins hat as well this evening, and I think you guys that know know he's going to make West Virginia hoops great again this year. Like you said in the video after, after Pitt, why don't we want to be great? I think he wants to be great again, fellas. Yeah, he does, and I, and I think – you know, I agree with you guys, you know, top 25 aspirations. And we'll, we'll learn a lot more about this team on, on Thanksgiving night, on night tournament. But the thing I like about this team is, is, is kind of imposed that's been different from some of the other four years has been none of like, it doesn't feel like it felt like, especially last year, the non-conference, they really struggled. And I know the non-conference schedule last year was a little tougher, but they kind of struggled. It seemed like they, I don't want to say played down to their competition, but they just when they got their f- foot on somebody's throat, it kind of felt like, oh, okay, they relaxed and let them back up. This team doesn't appear to have that in them. I mean, they're they're going for the kill shot, and when they get somebody down, they're they're ratcheting it up. And this is one thing I love is is this team is not they're not letting teams hang around for no undue reason. Like there was a reason Taz was shooting us out the game. I mean, he, he was in a role he shouldn't have been, and I, I, I like Taz Sherman the year prior. Uh, he's a three. He's not a one as far as options go, and it, it just didn't work. We, we were a version of ourselves that we really weren't comfortable being under Bob Huggins, and now we got those lanky, physical, big guys uh, to play a tough brand of basketball, and, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Well, and it and it is, and, and Mike, I think you make a good point there. You know, Taz probably not not necessarily suited to be a true number one, but I think you look at last year's team. I think everybody kind of figured it out. Well, we're not going to let you know Sherman get easy points. Like we're going to make him put the ball up a bunch to get his points, or we're just not going to let him score at all and dare somebody else to beat us. And they didn't have anybody. Well, hey, no, no disrespect to Sean McNeil, right? But McNeil right. wasn't a guy that was you know going to get his own shot. That just wasn't right. his game. Great. And this team has multiple options. Great. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say as well. Multiple options. I feel like you might not have, and I think Taz probably is closer to a, I mean, I think you might actually been a one, Mike. If you think about it, man, he got hurt in some big, he got hurt a little bit. That hurt us at times. He had some phenomenal games in college basketball, but, but anyway, him not having a true number two really hurt. Yes, I agree with that. I think Sean was more of the number three type scorer who could just kind of get real streaky. But, hey, we're not talking about those guys. We are moving on. It's like <laughs> Rafiki says, man, it happened in the past. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> and in college basketball, now every year is a new year. And this team, 
I love the way it's gelling as well, chemistry-wise. Like you talked about, CJ, having multiple guys that can score the basketball, I think it's going to be crucial. I mean, you, and, and, and we're going to be good in that respect. I mean, you think about it, Keaty Johnson could be your fifth or sixth option, but he can score. He can, he can, he can make a shot. We've seen him go off at times before, right? Helping that team that made it to the Sweet 16. You know, like, it's the possibility is out there. I do love it. Like, we've we've got something there. You think about it. Emmett Matthews can put up points and is more comfortable shooting the ball than he was before. You've got Woggy down low who can make it happen. Stevenson, supposedly your best shooter. Toussaint can score a little bit. And then you hear about this Perez kid, and you get real excited about that as well. And then I didn't even mention Trey Mitchell. I keep forgetting to mention Trey Mitchell, but he's a walking bucket at this point in time. I mean, man, if we're not ranked heading out to Portland, I'm going to be very disappointed in the voters. Granted, we won't play anybody good, and we'll be 4-0, and and they're still not thinking we're back yet, but we should be. We are a very good basketball team. We are, and I, and I think the one thing I really, really like about this team is they make free throws. Like, we laminated over that for years, and this team actually can shoot free throws, I think, which is a huge bonus, especially as we get into conference play later later this year into, into December and January. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the big guys can even make free throws. Yeah. I mean, as big as Jimmy Bell is, he goes down and knocks them down. Uh, I mean, Emmett Matthews, you expect him to make free throws. Trey Mitchell make free throws. The one thing I was a little discouraged about tonight, though, it seemed like they were getting the ball in the post a little too easily for me. Did you guys kind of feel the same way? Basketball juice. I got a basketball juice. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from on that, Blaine. I can. To me, I, I don't necessarily – to me, that's maybe just kind of maybe teaching, learning stuff early in the year. Um, you know, I mean, but I it, it doesn't concern me horridly, uh, mainly just because I don't know. I mean, maybe probably outside of Purdue and if we see Gonzaga, anybody else that really kind of features a, a massively big-time post-up game, like at the, especially in conference play, that's not typical. So, I mean, for me, it's not a huge worry yet. Um, let's see, you know, what Hubble well, does and, with that and work and watching the tape and, and getting these guys back in the game. It, it just seemed like it was a little easy in the first half, but maybe that was part of the plan. Maybe the guy doesn't pass it well out of the post. They were trying to get it into him, get it out of the guard's hands. You never know. Who am I to try and critique Bob Huggins? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not not, not going to get in the business of doing that uh, at all. But, fellas, I, I, will, I will say this, too. Another thing that talking about the post game, our entry passing was phenomenal against Pitt. I mean, and we're able to get the ball into the post better than I think a West Virginia basketball team has gotten the ball in the post in a long, long, long time. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a, a bonus with this team, and I think it opens up options. I mean, we've we've seen, you know, how well that worked when, you know, you had a guy like Derek Culver who you could get the ball in and I'll start start running that high low um sets out of stuff that Huggins really likes. So I think that only just adds 
adds to this offense and helps. And it, I think especially the guards, it gets them moving, I think, a little bit better around the perimeter. When they when they start just passing it around the perimeter, it almost feels like there's no movement to this offense. But when they're able to get it, you know, into that high post or even into the low post, it seems to open up a lot of options for them and to make shots a lot easier. That's a really good point, CJ. It does get a little stagnant on the top there. We get it in, things start really flowing. You also think about the high, the high low games between Woggy and Mitchell. They're going to play up each other very nicely. Mm-hmm. And I think they had to this point already, too. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. That's going to be that, 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 when they get that high low inserted, that's going to be fun to watch with those two. Well, and I mean, that's what we were always kind of hoping for, right? With Culver and Oscar. It, it didn't work. Their games didn't mash, you know, but. Mitchell here and Woggy, it just might. And you're still going to add in Bell and and, and James O, uh, you know, into that mix of trio. We've got bodies down low. We've got some grit. We've got some toughness. I think Emmett and Stevenson together are kind of captains. And I'm excited to see what happens with Perez, guys. He's just a versatile guy who can kind of give you that stat line of like 12.6 assists six rebounds like the guy glue guys that help you win him and Stevenson are almost identical in that man I mean let's go I want to get out to Thanksgiving now fellas like I mean we got to play Penn first and supposedly they're a real ball control team but uh excited for that did a little homework here fellas on the opponents out there in Portland and I want to hear what you guys think about this i'm going to give you records that we had versus these teams all time that we could play out there in portland okay who do you think that's out there now do you guys know the field yes okay so who would you guess that we have had the least success with that we're playing in that portland tournament all time i watched us get run against purdue in person Good guess, Mike. Good guess. What are you going with, CJ? Uh, we've had the least success with. God, it almost feels like it's gotta be Purdue, but I don't know. I'm gonna say just because of it's a, it, it, a team we've seen a bunch. I'm gonna. S- We dropped two out of three three-year series against the Boilermakers. I remember that. Yep, that's that's definitely right, Mike. I was there for the lone time yeah. that we have beat Purdue actually in the Coliseum. Really, we're one and seven versus Purdue all the time. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yep. so that that's funny. I, I have a lot of family in Indiana, and my cousin's a Purdue fan. We always jibber jabber back and forth. And one Christmas break, we we got to go to that game. It was the Final Four year, actually. It was a top ten matchup. New Year's Day, and we got whooped. Jay Billis was calling it like the whole nine yards. And even though prior to the game, though, the coolest thing, I I got right to the bus, and Devin Ebanks was coming in, Deshaun Butler, Wellington Smith, the whole squad, and I got to fist bump all of them. And that arena is bonkers. Not huge, but they pack them in there, and, and you can't even hear yourself think. Well, it's like a true boiler, Mike, you know? 
Mackey Arena is that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Because we're also playing a football game at the same time. Yes, we were. We lost day. that to Bobby Bowden's last game. And we had yep. No- yep. And Stu couldn't get it done in the Gator Bowl. Um, but actually, fellas, and I don't know if CJ ever answered the question. You were Well, <laughs> I, I would say to me, I would say, You still haven't figured out an answer? Come on, man. No, I, I, I'm going to stick with Purdue because I was looking at kind of okay. just looking at the field. And, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I know we've played Duke a couple of times, but I think all those have all been NCAA tournaments and that's okay. like a couple Here, of matchups. And Florida, the team, last time we beat Florida, I mean, obviously we did it at Charleston. So I'm going to go with Purdue. The, no, it's not right. The team we've had the least success with that's in this tournament is Gonzaga. I can believe that. We are 0-5 all time versus the Zags. We've played them five times, really? Oh, and five, yes. Twice in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then we followed back that that trip out there for like a, a midweek or a opener of the season, midnight tip-off thing with Eric Murray and the boys when we first got in to the Big 12 after we had just gotten beat in Pittsburgh bomb, and we got destroyed both times. I was at the one at the console center, and it was ugly. Okay, I, 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 I remember boys. that. Yeah, I remember that midnight tip-off game. Now that you say that, okay. I'm not, I'm, yeah, yeah, the tip-off game and then the tournament game was even worse, CJ. Yeah, that well, that tournament game I've kind of flushed along with another one. Yeah, Gonzaga <laughs> rolling. Um, now, obviously, we all remember the one tournament game, though. You know, yeah, that, 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 they're that, still that, reviewing that call at midcourt. Yeah, that's kind of the one I meant by I've really flushed is that one because that was yeah. just yep. Um, Total heartbreak. The squad put up a, a really good fight in that game. Gonzaga's just so agonizing to play against because they don't make mistakes. Entertain this hypothetical. If they join the Big 12, how many years does it take West Virginia to beat the Zags? Not that long. You think we'd do it quick? I do. I do. I think what Hug said about that is very true. Mark Few gets to pick his schedule. It's There's some truth to it. Now, he's had some really good teams the last three or four years. Right. But let's quit acting like Gonzaga is like the best thing that's ever happened in college basketball. I'm sorry, guys. They're, they're very they're, – they're much more skilled, though, and, and they still have a lot of success in the tournament. It, oh, absolutely. It, and, yeah. and, and, and the other thing um, that I'll say about that is I, I do agree with it in the regard that mentally it's not as challenging because you don't have to go on the road to Texas Tech, come back play Kansas, fly somewhere else halfway across the country. It is way different. The mental grind is not the same. I mean, they they play St. Mary's and BYU. They've got to get up for three games a year. Um, Now, fellas, Xavier. Yeah, and and just the final thought on that against August. I I agree. I I don't – I mean, like you said, Blaine, they got to get up for three games a year. And they end up – most of the time in a, in a pretty favorable region, at least that's kind of the way I've always seen it. And while, yes, they are skilled, it, it kind of makes sense why Mark Few has stayed because, I mean, think about it. He gets all the love and does have to do none of the work. It, it It's pretty easy to, to have that job. I, I think if they join the Big 12, they will struggle because of the mental grind, and it's not something that the players aren't used to and the coaches aren't used to, and I, that's going to take a lot of time for them to figure that whole thing out. I, 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 don't, I don't think that they would fall off the map of college basketball, but I think they would be like 
everybody else in the Big 12 but Kansas is in college basketball. Yeah, um, not, yeah, they're not going to fall off the map, but they're not going to run away and hide well, from people and, in the conference at and all. And let's be quite frank here. They've landed a couple guys in a row in, in Chet Holmgren and Suggs that really elevated them those seasons, right? So didn't get anything out of it with Timmy, like the modern day Christian freaking Leitner. Um, now it's elevated their program, no doubt. But if they come into this league and don't get to continue to live out there in in a fantasy land in the West Coast Conference that they live in, we, I don't know. But because before that they had Rio Hachimura, they had Karnowski or Karnowski. They've had good players, but. They've had a they, lot of. Deep, they didn't have the sure NBA level guy. I don't think they would be the elite team, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying another one. Wiltshire before he went to Kentucky was really good. I mean, they've had some guys. Yeah, I mean they've they've had guys, but to Blaine's point, I mean think about it. In, in Suggs and Holmgren, I mean those were two NBA lottery guys. Uh, well, uh, I'll rephrase. They ended up going in the lottery. One of them I felt was worthy of that. Holmgren to me was not. The kid's just too damn small, but you know that. I mean, that is what it is. But I mean, I, I think recruiting wise, yeah. I mean, they, they they'll be able to recruit just fine in the Big Twelve. But I don't know. To me, you can get away with like, okay, you can have one NBA guy on your roster, but you're headed into a league that's the filled with guy i mean kansas sends five guys a year to the league i mean so let's you know that that that's going to be a little different for them in, in that regard and while yeah what he's built out there is impressive at the same time blaine does blaine is completely right in that they they get to pick their schedule it's a fairy tale land that they live in they play one real out of conference game all year. They play it early and then they don't see anything tournament level worthy until probably February. I think uh, the big 12 from a just grinding it out standpoint, especially location wise. And this will apply to Gonzaga like it does to West Virginia is probably the toughest mentally game in game out. Hundred percent, Mike. It it is the most mental grind of any league because every game you've got to get up. There's no layup in the Big Twelve. ACC's got some bottom feeders. Big Ten's got some bottom feeders. Big Twelve does not. I mean, well, it's a simple. It's a simple reality, and that's what makes this league so tough. I mean, well, that's, I think what and I think what also makes makes it tough is 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 you know the the travel's tough too. But think about this, and especially now with what you know TCU has started to really get rolling down there. Well, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that and challenge that right there, CJ. Well, I they should have lost the game before this game. They just lost. They're not the 15th ranked team in the country. No, I want TCU not, tomorrow. Let's play them right now. Okay, <laughs> and and they may not be, but that's also not. But I mean, think about it. Three four years ago, that was an automatic dub. Like, it still is. We're gonna get two this year. It still is. Well, it it, it probably well, not not in their building. Their building it can get a little squirrely. It has the last couple of times we've been there, but I'm calling it this year. We beat TCU both times. Right, but what I'm saying is, is TCU basketball used to be what Kansas was to the football. Like you looked at it and went, "All right, cool. There's there there there's an easy one. Chalk it up." Like I'll give you, you that. I'll give schedule, you that. You wrote it down. But I think you look at what they've done and you look at not just the travel, but the buildings you have to go in and play in. Those, the crowds are loud, they're ruckus, they're full. That, that's going to be a completely new thing for Gonzaga. Because I don't even know if people 
when they travel to opposing gyms, even if they sell out, and if they do, it's probably their fans. They're not going to get that in the Big 12. Like, you're just not going to pack your own people on a road game. The Coliseum is going to be nuts this year. It is, Mike. It absolutely is. Um, I cannot wait. I can't wait to get up there for a game that, you know, I'm even thinking about maybe going to like a UAB game in the non-league. Get a little, get a little opponent. Watch them in the Barstool Invitational this week, guys. It was pretty cool. Uh, Good old Jelly Walker and those boys. Andy Kennedy should be kind of a Games out there, though, real quick here, to go with our theme that we talked about earlier. We're a one-on-one versus Xavier. You asked for Florida, CJ, correct? Well, I was trying. I was looking at Florida, but I think we've only played them, what, like once or twice? I don't – I. you know, it's funny. I had a bunch of teams written down, and I don't have – oh, we are 3-7 and seven versus the Gators, actually. Wow, we've played them that many times. Okay. Yeah, 3-7 and seven versus the Gators. And we lost the only one that mattered against Xavier as well. Though Huggins does have a lot of experience against them going back oh, yes. to Addy days. Oh yes, he does. It's it's crazy. We could actually play those guys twice, potentially. Could work out that way. Um, out there in Portland, we could play them in the Sunday game, and then have to turn around and play them the following Saturday in Cincinnati in the uh, in the SEC Big Twelve uh, shootout or challenge or whatever the heck it is they call it. Man, that'd be kind of crazy. Um, and they're a decent top 25 team. That'd be a, you know, interesting little schedule quirk there that we'd have to deal with. Fellas, um, we had Duke in there, correct? Yeah, Duke's playing. Seven and, seven and 18 against Duke all time. And Duke's playing right now, actually, I'll by the way. On that. The floor. I'll take seven. That's not bad. Yeah, it's really not. And you think about some big wins we've had over Duke. I mean, the big one in the Sweet 16 win when Joe Missoula was just setting screens and knocking Greg Paulus out. It was awesome. They, they're right now playing Kansas first half dead even. So Duke's obviously a solid team. Air Shire's first year would be kind of interesting to see those guys. Um, we've, we've got, I don't have Portland State written down, fellas. Sorry. Didn't, didn't. <laughs> Didn't get that one. Um, and then who, who else was there on the other side there? Was that it? Um, let's see. You got Portland State, Gonzaga, us and Purdue, Xavier, Florida, Duke, and then uh, Oregon State. Is is it too early? Are we too far out to call a West Virginia win? Like the whole thing, the tournament. You talking like cutting down the nets, nets, Mike? Like at the I'm end not of April, cutting down the nets, but rolling to Portland and whoop all these teams. Uh, I I'm not gonna. The only one I'm not gonna go with there is I don't know. But you know what? Maybe I mean we could play Gonzaga. Yeah, why not? I just I just think Huggy I'm with you. Ready? I think Huggy Bear is ready. He's been in the lab. He's he's the only guy that I I truly truly trust. When he says, I'm going to fix it, he always does. And I'm just, you, you see it, it's tangible. There's real evidence, real players that have been good Power 5 players that are going to jive well together because yes, uh, they're just very versatile. I, well, you, I like been... having guys with a diverse skill set. And I, I, Stevenson showed some leadership qualities in that pit game. Did you see him out there? Oh, yes. Traffic, oh, yes. Boost. And you got him in the huddle the game before that. 
You know, he's he got two sons. He's played in big conference games. Like it's perfect, man. It the, the this energy, the vibe of this team is very, very good. Very like, good. Like, like I know we sadly have to move on to the gloom and doom of football, <laughs> even though we won, even though we won soon at the Shane Lyons deal. Obviously, we got to talk about the administrative nonsense, but that's the difference between Neil Brown and Bob Huggins. With Huggy Bear, you say Huggy Bear, we need answers. He says. I agree, and he figures it out. With Neil Brown, he just makes excuses. He gives political responses, and it stays the same. It's re- You see what I'm saying? Um, and, Mike, let me ask you real quick. So you talk about Hugs always fixing it, always getting in the lab, getting it done, getting answers. What about Hugs for athletic director? Just get somebody in there for a stay when he just kind of coaches hoops till he wants to be done, and then he becomes the AD? Little Randall Tenney action. I, 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 oh, a little Tenney. Okay, Ray Tanner. We'll go Ray that, Tanner real quick. Let's we'll go Barry Alvarez. Uh, I, I guess that those are other examples. That was the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> you went uh, Wesleyan. I had to. I had to let other people know what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The West Virginia Wesleyan AD slash forty year head baseball coach. But that being said, Bob Huggins would absolutely hate that. He's a basketball coach. Come on. He wants to coach ball. I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that, Mike. I've just seen that floated a few places. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it floated too. And yeah, I, I, I think I'm not so sure that's his ultimate scene or end game for him. Like, because the ADs anymore nowadays have to, you know, be real big into the money raising stuff. And Huggins just doesn't seem like a guy who wants to go rub elbows at dinners on a Tuesday night. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he loves doing it with people that he loves. But people that people that he doesn't necessarily want to be, you know, doesn't know, probably not. So, probably he has my head of a point there. But, but, I mean, but I think that does bring up kind of a, 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 a big question in now that, you know, you know, Shane has resigned or was let go. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter how you say it. Um, who, who's got to be the target? Is there? And and I know this is a little different because you don't know ads as well, or assistant ads as well as you do football coaches and that kind of thing, or basketball coaches. But like, is there a name out there that you would think? Hmm. I wonder well, if they swing for the fences here. Do they go? Well, what? it's it's Mullins at Oregon, Morgantown native. Pac twelve's falling apart as we speak. Uh, pay him some good money and get him to come home. But you do the same thing with Shane Lines, right? I mean, and, you know, I'm not so sure that Shane Lines dismissal was necessarily the right move. I think the only mistake he's made is the, is the contract extension for Neil Brown. Yeah, I mean, because you look at, I mean, he got Hugs signed till basically Hugs decides to hang him up. Um, he had to go replace Mike Carey, and by all accounts, you know, I, it, it's a wait and see, but seems like that was that's going to be a pretty good hire. He's raised a bunch of money, open facilities. I mean, I mean, he he's he's built. A ballpark, a beautiful ballpark for baseball, which has helped elevate that program. He he got a state of the art aquatic center, um, which I've personally had the opportunity to use, and man, it's nice. I mean, it's literally had a, a regional uh, Big Twelve conference meet there the week after I was there for a state meet. 
Like he has elevated the facilities, elevated, you know, the money we were raising, done a lot of good things. The one thing is the Shane is, you know, Shane Lyons was loyal and, and thought we needed to lock up Neil Brown after year two. And that's obviously been the thing that's haunted him and led to his dismissal. I mean, it's unfortunate in my opinion. I'm not necessarily sure why that was the move we went with first. Does well, it mean that we're automatically going to fire Neil? I see that's the other thing. Is the other shoe going to drop off of this, fellas? That's the big question. I mean, yeah, we care about Shane Lyons, but in the end, yeah, I, and it, and the football coach to, is what we care about. Yeah, and it's hard to tell because unless there's a different report out there that I've seen, this all came after what seemed to be a very intense and weird conversation with, with President Gee. So I'm yeah, wondering supposedly if supposedly a Sunday Sunday sit down, you know, the Sunday conversation with Roy Firestone, but yeah, I Gordon Key and those guys. I, I, I'm almost wondering, and this is, is pure speculation, but it, it kind of hit me last night when I was out to dinner with Eva. Is could it have been Gordon basically reaching the point that a lot of people have and telling Shane, "I don't care about the buyout. I don't care about any of it. Fire him and move on." And Lions maybe not want to pull the trigger yet. Look, to me, it's, it's two, it's one of two, I see two possibilities. One is West Virginia doesn't want to fire Neil Brown because of the buyout. And Gordon Gee wants to make it look like he's doing something. The other one is he doesn't want Shane Lyons to be in charge of hiring Neil Brown's successor. And he's gone at the end of the year. I, I don't know which one. I think either or makes sense, but I think it's one of those two. Well, and and here, and I think you're probably right, and here's the question as we, as we talk. I, I agree Mullins is probably probably the guy at the top of the list, and who knows because, you know, that that's a hard list to speculate. Is there any chance Gee taps into his Ohio State roots and goes that way? It's... it's very possible um i mean it's not going to be gene let's be real but i mean could it be jim trestle he has administrative experience administrative experience there's a bunch of guys that's you know at ohio state you know in their athletic department that have been there for a while like good young guys is that what he's looking for you're going for more somebody young in a stat like if we have jim trestle on west virginia's campus and he's leading the athletic department i will go absolutely nuts okay if jim trussell's in morgantown we need him as head football coach let's just let's just clear that up he is 69 i understand that i'll take a 69 year old jim trussell over neil brown uh on steroids hitting the fountain of youth uh, in and freaking i don't even know i can't figure i can't come up with an analogy sorry neil brown sucks that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> if Jim Trussell uh, say it with your chest, Mike. Say it with your chest. I, I, it's it's just a wealth of football knowledge, and you're like, "Hey, man, we need you to direct the budget." Like that. That's just not smart. Okay. See, I don't think he's going the Ohio State route at all. So, well, see, I don't either. It was just it was one of those things that I I was looking at, and I'm just wondering if maybe he you know tapped in if if that would be a route he would want to go. Now, granted, they've apparently hired this out like they do everything else but um it was just kind of one of those thoughts that i had given given his connection to that area plus you're bringing in somebody that knows the geographical area if you will 
and, and Ohio State, you know, has been kind of at the forefront of this NIL thing. Like they've been one of the schools that have really been out there getting that kind of thing up running and rolling. And you got to think that's definitely got to play a part in the next AD is somebody who's. Yep. The revenue well creation. Essentially. That, yeah. Yep. Well versed in that competent in that, not scared of it and willing to go well, out and, and really lay the groundwork for it. And that's a good point you're bringing up there, CJ, because really the revenue creation is going to be key in this in this area. When we when we hired Shane Lines, this wasn't a thing, right? right? And Shane Lines also comes from a compliance background, so he kind of looked at this from, uh, "Hey, we're going to vet everything. We're going to make sure this is, I don't want to say by the book, but almost so conservative that we were not able to maybe get certain. I don't I don't know that for sure. But that's kind of what you're kind of you're. It leads you to believe, right, by them using that that statement and so it could be interesting to see what now happens with somebody else behind the wheel of the nil part portion of this and yet you hate that stuff and that's why and this is way out of left field kind of but i love seeing jim ursay say you know what screw it jeff saturday i think you could work and and he won a football game he's one to know he did a better job than frank reich did with the same players non-conventional thinking go outside the box right or let's you know like like well, why why just go to the same brand name guy and you know exactly what you're gonna get because he's already gotten fired, why why do that why go around that carousel or hire somebody that's underqualified, let's 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 try some stuff let's get a little weird here, hey Mike I'm gonna tell you this real quick though, I think wow, he's been AD, around Zach too long with that let's get weird comment hey hey Zach got that from me okay from the from the boys there. At workaholics, all right. Let's <laughs> let's get weird. Um, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird. But you know what? You're right. And I think the let's get weird possibility is much more out there now, and truly could happen because of a new AD, right? Yeah. And let's let's think about that real quick. Now, another name that's been floated. Uh, Whit, Whit Babcock, who's the AD at Virginia Tech right now, was in a, was a an AD and worked in the athletic department at West Virginia. A lot of people think that could attach your boy Rich to it, Mike. Um, real interesting. So that's kind of a thought. Uh, also, supposedly Nikki Zinn, LSU, has been mentioned. Um, so those are some names. I mean, but let's be real. Like you said, CJ, these search firms get involved. Who knows? But the who know part of it, and who knows who they might want to go after as a coach. This new AD might see a Dion, Coach Prime, out there and think, you know what, let's do it. Much more likely than when Shane Lyons is pulling pulling the trigger. Yeah, and I and I think you know that is kind of the correct way to look at it as far as kind of be outside of the box, not you know completely conventional, because I don't know in this new world that we find ourselves in with college athletics, you know, there, there are no rules anymore. Essentially it's, it's become kind of the wild, wild West. I mean, no disrespect, but the compliance offices at this point are just pretty much warm bodies in a chair. Cause I don't know if there's a whole lot they can do anymore. They don't, the rule books essentially kind of been tossed by the wayside and it's a free for all. So, 
you know, I, I'm kind of with that. I, I, I got no issues if, if, if the school, the university chooses to kind of go a little outside of the box here a little bit on, on everything. Um, Cause I think that's almost kind of the way you have to do it anymore. Mike, you got any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I've been pretty outspoken on it. I'm, I'm, I'm all for Deion Sanders, Rich Rodriguez, John Gruden. I mean, I've thrown yeah. out a lot of crazy yeah. names. I've, well, I've and, spoken my piece on this. Yeah, you, 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 and you know what? Good, good point. You've, you've kind of already let the record be stated for it. So <laughs> yeah. we'll let you, we'll go with it. Um, so, fellas, now we've kind of got the AD question out here. There's another part of it, too. Does the new AD maybe want to sit there for a year and see if Neil Brown's worth another look, evaluate it, and then pull the trigger on a coach? No. I know you don't want that, Mike, but, but, uh, but what, what it, more it's is, a very what, real possibility, I think. What, what more is there to see? If he has anything good, he's going to mess it up. I swear to God, and I'm sure we'll get to this soon. How much you want to bet JT Daniels trots out there for a series? Um, <laughs> how much you want? I, I just, I just, uh, this guy grinds my gears. I, Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. But it, well, I, it, you know what? It might, and you know why it might happen. Just being well, honest, senior day. And maybe it's going to be his last college game. He might try and go to the pros. I don't know. I mean, he probably shouldn't, based on what we've seen here of late. We're going to get into that, too. But <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. Well, and, and and he might be. And, I mean, if you listen to Neil's press conference today, I mean, but he did say that, you know, Garrett did earn, you know, earn more or earn more playing time and that kind of thing. And, and who well, good knows? Lord, how did he not earn more playing time? Correct. Uh, to, my, to, to answer your question, though, I – I don't think it's as hard and quick no as Mike said it is. Now, there there are some underlyings in that. You know, is it part of, hey, you're going to take this job, your first act's going to be cut ties with Neil Brown and go find you a guy. It, 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 so, I mean, if that conversation does not happen and it's a, hey, we're going to hand you the reins, you can stick with Neil or you can can him and go get your own guy if you want to evaluate him for a year, like, and leave that up to the AD. I think if you leave that up to the incoming AD, there is probably more of a propensity to to give Neil another year, you know, and, and do your own self-evaluation on where the program is and what you think needs to be done. So I don't think it's a clear-cut yes or no answer. I think a lot of it just kind of depends on the conversations that are had between the university, the search firm, and, you know, whoever they – you know, tab is the next AD. I think that's going to be the interesting thing is, is that something that they say, Hey, look, we want you to fire him and bring your own guy in, or we're going to, you know, is, is that something the AD is going to demand? Like, Hey, we want you to let him go. If you want me coming in, I'm bringing my own guy with me. I'm not inheriting this. That's going to be kind of, I think the interesting part of it. So I don't think it's a clear cut. No, the, you know, Neil's gone. I, I, I don't think that's as a clear cut yes or no answer like Mike wants it to be. It, I, obviously, I do want it so badly to be because I just want people to wake up and see that this guy's three games under 500 at a top 15 all time winning program in a conference that's good but not great. And, and it's really just appalling that he's stripped us of any identity that's positive offensively or defensively. And the enthusiasm in the fan base is dwindling, and you can see that in the stadium every Saturday. Uh, I, 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 I just think the alarm should have gone off, gone off. Like I've said a zillion times, 
after the pit game if there were still any standard standards. Do you guys remember the stew firing? I mean, come on. Oh, I do. Look, oh, I remember. The stew I, I do. And the stew firing got a little got a little weird. Like that. That the that stew firing was 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 a joke. How that was handled. That was. And that's why an athletic department and that an athletic director is extremely important. People give Oliver Luck credit. I mean, he might have been able to help us get in the Big Twelve, but it was really Don Nealon who got us in the Big Twelve, not Oliver Luck. Okay, so Oliver Luck was was for my money one of the worst athletic directors ever in a, in a certain opinion. Although he did probably make a decent hire with Dan Holgerson, but Oliver Luck, I don't have much for him. I, I don't either because, I mean, the Big 12 was the best of a not good situation. I, I don't know if I can fault him for that. You don't want to get left in the lurch. Well, I mean, it, Don Nealon and Chuck Nottis is why we're in the in the, in the the Big 12. It's, it had nothing to do with Oliver Luck. No, it, it didn't. But I, I do want to ask this question, and, and I know the, the, the fan base is, is – is, it's weird about Stu, right? 90% of them were calling for his head because of where Rich had it. And then it Stu never could quite get them back to that cusp of a national title game. That, that I mean, shoot, he was 27 and 12 and three. Correct. I, I, correct. I understand that. But he'd when, be 28 and 12, give him that Fiesta Bowl dub too. And, and he can get you 23rd ranked in the country three, four times a season. We mattered. Cor- okay. Correct. Granted, we were in the Big East then too. That played a lot. Correct, to do with that, well. and, do we have a Do we have a Robert Sands? Do we have a Scooter Barry? Do we have a Bruce Irvin? Do we have anybody on the field th- that has a chance to be an NFL starter? A Keith Tandy? Those guys were everywhere, even in the Big East. Oh, I love you went Keith Tandy name drop there. there Mike. So Keith is a good dude. By the, the, the talent was so much better. I don't care what the conference was. Correct, but what I'm saying with with that is is okay. Stu could keep you in the top 25, get you maybe to about 18 to 15. Rich had him in the top 10, top five, and that's the fan base turned on Stu quickly. And I'm not saying that they should have or that they shouldn't have. They turned on him after those first, the game two and game three of his career at Colorado and at ECU, both games that we probably. Very easily could have won. We lost them both, and we realized, oh boy, this is Correct. not how it used but, to be. It's but, the but, but here's my question. but here's Tyler but here's Howard. the crux of the question: Would would Stu have won in the Big Twelve like Dana did? Because I don't know. I, I can't answer it, but I don't. Does he, know. Does he have Castile? Yes, for this hypothetical, yes. Th- then I think we do. I'd agree with you on that. If he's got Castile in the pipeline to Florida, yes. Now, granted, I think Danny did a great job helping build us and transition us into the Big 12. Had a couple really good years. He, he Had got, a lot of bad he years, got too. some straight-up dudes. Carl Joseph, David Long, Wendell Smallwood, Kevin White. The list goes on and on. And when he had Stu's players, he maximized them, and the stats showed that. Yep, seventy points Here's in the, the Tavon game, but we did lose some games we shouldn't have early with with Dana, though. Yeah, and that's and that's probably very true. And I, I don't understand what all of a sudden, and this is going to be completely my opinion. I'm going to be completely out on an island here, but I don't understand the love for for Jeff Castile. Uh, game we don't play. talk about. We couldn't keep 
the we literally when Pitt wanted to, they ran it down Jeff Castile's throat. That's literally I don't know, CJ, that we, entire goddamn game plan. Whoa, 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 whoa. And there was no LaShawn McCoy is still running on that defense. Let's be real. Dude, we gave up 13 points in that game. Okay. The 335 yeah. had some really, really good defenses, and it got replicated by Iowa State and the whole Big 12 using it now. Okay, and it did, but here's the thing, though. It does have an Achilles heel, and it was one Castile never could figure out. When he got in, when they got into those power running games, they really, really struggled. Teams could run it down your throat. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes, but not when you had good players, not with Chris Neal that knows tackle. Ooh, another nice name drop there. Scooter Barry and Johnny Dingle. The three three five when we were rolling with Castile was nasty. Now, in some leaner seasons, CJ, I agree with you. And what Tony Gibson attempted to do w- was atrocious. He called it a three three five, and it was just play soft and get burnt every time. It's not. Do you a- have no love for Tony Gibson coming to to the job, Mike? Oh my goodness, no. Okay, so you know there, I I will agree with Mike. See. I like the three three five in theory, but to me, it's one of those. It, it's kind of like the, essentially like a one three one in basketball. It's gimmicky, but once you see it enough, and once you get enough of it on tape, you can really exploit it. Well, you yeah, have, but you can have some really good teams though with it too. If you have dynamic players that can one up front stop the run and rush the passer, and you have. Uh, kind of a, a hybrid linebacker, D lineman type that can also cover like a traditional spear. It works a lot better. You have to have versatile players. No, and I, and I think that's fair. But here's my question is, is do you keep the pipeline to Florida? Because everybody talks about that with Castile. But I think there's a lot to be said in, in that pipeline, kind of not having the push it did when Doc left. What's up, Doc? Oh, Doc, Doc recruited Florida like nobody. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that was all Castile leaving. I, I think Doc leaving that that hurt that pipeline too because he all had right. so many connections down in there. We have went so down in that <laughs> rabbit hole there. We got it. We got to resurface here, fellas. Okay, we we got to get back to what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, because that, that's a conversation. I, that I, I totally forever. agree, but as I'm just gonna maybe dig one inch deeper. You can dig the one inch deep. I, I think there was a window where Holiday would have been a sensible hire. It, it, oh, I'm with you 100 percent on it, that. Past, but at the at his height at Marshall, it, it would have made sense. No, hundred percent, one hundred percent. No, and I think that's that that's a completely valid valid take and valid opinion. I I, I don't I, disagree with that at all. To be quite frank with you. If things don't go the way we want them to go, I'd be picking up the phone and calling Doc Holiday tomorrow for our job right now. See, is the window closed, though? I don't think so. No. I plan done. No. Not for Doc Holiday. Not in Florida. He can reestablish that. I think easily. Miramar High School will still pick up the phone. Oh, yeah. And I honestly, I mean, you got to think about some of the guys he was getting at Marshall to come up there and play. Pretty good players. Rakeem Cato, Tommy Schuler. people who don't know them, look them up. Pretty good little connection in Miami, kind of like the Miramar deal that he got with Gene Ho and Stedman. Uh, 
Doc Holliday yeah. can recruit now. And how it ended at Marshall was was odd and interesting. And a lot of different things kind of going on there. Doc Holliday is a little bit up there in age, though, fellas. That's one thing to think about as well. Um, but, man, I would love to have him back in some capacity in the building. Yeah, I, I think a guy like him back in the building in some capacity, I don't know, maybe as a head coach, just like you said, because of age. Uh, but finding a way to get him back in the building, because I, I still think, you know, he carries a ton of respect down there in some of those Florida areas. And then you look at some of the guys that he's recruited, so guys like Gino, Stedman, Rakeem Cato would be would be picking up phone, picking up the phone and helping him reopen doors down there with, with a heartbeat. Oh, he he would be phenomenal. Um, Doc Holliday is only sixty five years old, fellas. I uh, man, I, I you'd have to think about picking up the phone and calling him if if you don't get the elite guy. He he gets it, so that's different than hiring other group of five head coaches. I, I, you know what's I, crazy? I'd, is, I'd be on board I, with that. I'd I gotta be, say this right now. It's not. I don't like know the, why. I'll go ahead, Mike. Sorry, buddy. It's not like Neil Brown. He's not an outsider. He understands what it's supposed to be. Yeah. He, he okay, and, and I would agree with that. But let, let, let me ask this question just a little because we talk about talk about that. And it almost it's starting to sound at times kind of Michigan-esque. Well, he's not a Michigan man. He doesn't get it. Well, yeah, but, but does the, it always have to be that way? Or can you go, like we said, maybe go outside the box, forget whether or not he knows the area, has connections to the school, go get the number one best guy. I don't give a damn if he's from Pluto. Hey, Neil, you know Neil, what? Brown, <laughs> Neil Brown tried to turn us into Kansas State. Or I, 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 I want to say this Oklahoma real quick. Oklahoma State. We're going to do things you know, the right way. We're going to run a clean, a clean program. That's not West Virginia. When was the last time you saw a West fucking Virginia t-shirt? I haven't seen one in years. We have lost our identity. <laughs> we have lost our roots. And, and we got to get it back. That's why. That's Mike, I want to time out. This is this is an interesting conversation that we, we, we got to keep going with here. We're not Kansas State. We're not a brand name team. We are West Virginia. We are a bizarre crevice of the country that roots for the Mountaineers in a strange fashion. And that's that, why you need old Rich Rodriguez in there bringing it back. We don't have that now. Oh, man, that's interesting. Okay, because here's the thing. Don Nealon got us on the map, but Rich took it to another level at, at a more consistent level real quickly. And that's why people go with that as kind of being what we were and then Dana, right? It's 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 very interesting because Neil Brown, I think, was trying to get back into the Don Nealon, West Virginia era of football a little bit, and wasn't successful getting fully there. Right? I think there is a brand there, Mike. But I also agree with you about saying we are kind of in that crevice of the country, and we're weird and kind of bizarre, and we're at our best when we are unique. Um, it, that's really interesting. I really like that point you brought up, and I think it depends on what how old you are as to how you view that too. Well, he used to be, you'd see those t-shirts. Oh, everywhere. Absolutely. When I went to school there. What are we trying to walk the straight and narrow? And that did start with Andrew Luck. And, and Dana Holgerson was the beginning of it because at the time, the air raid offense throw it a zillion times was cool. I wish Andrew Luck would have been there. We sort of deferred. Did I, did I say Andrew? <laughs> he did. I wish. <laughs> I wish Andrew Luck yeah, would have been, been for us. But, oh, uh, that would have been phenomenal. But no, Oliver Luck ushered us being brand name and then 
Dana Holgerson started it as a as a Mike Leach guy. I don't really know what that means. Mike Leach really hasn't done much, but he's a Mike Leach guy. Which, you gotta love which, Mike Leach though. Best which, interviews which, in the game, which which is cool. Um, and that's kind of when it started. But I, I do miss when we uh, had an identity as a program, and 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 that's why I I, I think a lot of it goes back to Castile because that was a. Three three five that was tough that blitzed a lot that sent a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference between Castile's three three five and some of the weaker ones that you see and then that we had later on. Very, I mean, good point, CJ. Now you're the elder statesman here. <laughs> After hearing Mike's kind of diatribe here about you know what he had to say, what do you have to say now about the brand and about who built it and I'd like to hear that real quick from you because I think we're all kind of at different stages of what we view West Virginia football as. Yeah, it, it's it's tough with yeah, I mean being the older statesman, that's kind of weird to hear on for me, but it is You are, buddy, sorry. I am. <sighs> Neyland's really kind of I think the one that really kind of propelled the program into what it was, and then you know, obviously Rich kind of pushed it, you know, a little further. Rick but, took it with, Rich took it with rocket fuel real quick and yeah, tried to he, take it to the moon, and he, he did. He did, but I mean, here's the thing: you got to remember too, and 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 Don has said this in different interviews and in some books he's done. You know, when he took the job, he was watching game film West Virginia Penn State, and the question, and he literally looked at people and went, "Which fucking team are we?" You can't distinguish them. He got the flying WV, which is becoming an iconic logo. It's recognized every like I, I've gone. I've been in San Diego wearing a West Virginia hat and gotten a "Let's Go Mountaineers" chant. Like, I mean, look what happened in Germany. Now, granted, that's a little different, but still, it's part of the brand. And you had Bruce Irvin directing him, which was even better. But like, so he really kind of pushed that into and that became a recognizable brand and the fact that you know don had the success he did never had a you know back-to-back losing seasons like what he was able to do kind of propelled the school and then you know rich steps in and takes it to heights that haven't been seen before and just shoots the thing to the moon and we we've had moments and we've had glimpses and we've been on national tv we're still kind of a, a a draw for bowl games that's why the bowl games love us because the fans travel like there's there has been something to that and i think neil came in and you could sense from who he is and the way he talked and the way he ran programs he's more don Nealon than he was dana holgerson or rich rod right dana and rich were offensive they they were different personality wise right they were just odd in the personality department they marched to the beat of their own drum they weren't the clean cut buttoned up individual that's just not who they are neil's a little more like don they're gonna run it a certain way he wants to do it a certain way he changed the uniforms back to almost a little more of that eclectic look that they had under don that's what he wanted to get back to was that identity which i don't necessarily think is a bad thing it's just that's what he wanted to do and it's tough because Don had a bunch of success doing it his way and Rich was kind of the polar opposite and had a ton of success doing it his way and I don't think there's a wrong either way to do it 
but I, I think the identity for West Virginia is, is extremely simple. And it's, and I hate to use this, but it's kind of, it, it's, it's the old defensive coordinator from Virginia tech mantra, Bud Foster, bring your lunch pail. That's who they are. It, it's hard nosed blue collar. We're going to outwork people because we're not going to get the droves of five and four star recruits. Like we're not going to have a top five recruiting class. That's just not, it, it, it's just not set up that way. So it comes down to development, finding those diamonds in the rough, getting your occasional four or five, maybe, you know, once every once in a while, but it's literally going to be about outworking people, out scheming people and just being completely hard nosed blue collar. And we're going to make you fight for everything you get. Hey, it's CJ. It's Stu. It's straining. It's leaving no doubt, right? That's what yeah, that's, football that's, is. That's, it is. That's, that's where the identity is. And I think that's where you've kind of got to get back to. I'm not saying Neil hasn't tried to get there, but I don't necessarily know if he has the appropriate st- staff to do that with and that's and that's one thing i will agree with mike is i just i don't know from a defensive standpoint if what needs to change there or on the even the offensive because there's in the offensive line has been better and i i will come off that diatribe a little bit but it doesn't seem like we've kind of put all of it together, which is what made Saturday kind of fun. You know, we finally got a close game that we won. We finally got some things to go our way. It felt like we were, we worked harder. And that's always been the identity of West Virginia football is, is you're just not going to outwork us. And we kind of got away from that a little bit with Dana because it was a little more funky and showy. And that's, that, that's not at all. What finesse, brand total air raid, right? I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a lot more finesse. This, when West Virginia has been the most successful, they've been physical, hard nosed, in your face, and they just flat wanted it more and outworked you. And that was missing from the Dana era. This, yeah, it, it's got to get back more to that Bill, Bill Stewart, Don Nealon. We're just going to outwork and out tough people. And, and hey, that's, that's what I like. Mike, about what Mike did down stretch took some big hits and like kept moving yes exactly we need the edge we need the toughness i think i actually think that's why i feel passionately about the fact that garrett green must be the starter no and 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 here's the thing and i agree with you and i think it was it was weird because you win the game and i and i celebrated it and i let it simmer because i i came home at 7 a.m after an audit shift i slept for i went to bed at eight was up at noon for the game celebrated right there that's a lifer yeah you know celebrated it and and kind of gave it a little little bit to chill and i was watching um the first half of you know Ole miss alabama at about second quarter i hopped back on facebook and was just kind of reading through some of the fan pages and it was interesting to watch out was like yeah we won garrett was awesome and then it quickly turned into well he didn't do anything with his arm and it was just like okay people celebrate the win yeah Garrett didn't beat him with his arm, but he did the one thing that we needed desperately in that game, which was his legs. And he plays. And he plays. And here's the other thing, too, and and I think people kind of forget this. Outside of probably one bowl game, how many games did we win on Pat White's arm? Not many. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Garrett Green has has flashes of, of that, not – I'm not calling him Pat White, but what I'm saying is is his ability to run the ball, if he can throw for 
180 to 220 and run for 80 to 100, that that's a fantastic recipe, and I think it works. Oh, 100%. Did, did you guys see that play where he, he handed it off to the wrong side? Yes. Was just quick enough to, to get out of there just in time and got the first down. He had a lot of plays like that where it was just an impressive quick burst, and, and whatever we've got in our bag, we should use it. And, and he proved he can throw a spiral. That that fade ball to Bryce Ford Wheaton was really nice. I didn't think he was awful throwing the football. Beautiful ball on that fade. I, I didn't think Beautiful he was awful. The, the, the conditions weren't great for throwing the ball. I mean, it was raining. It was windy. It was it was it was a nasty day. You're you're not gonna throw for 400 in that weather. Like, it's well, just wasn't, like he wasn't like a big league prospect baseball player. Like he's, oh, he was a great he, shortstop. He he has he has something in the noodle. I'm I'm not that. Yeah. Oh, he has something in the noodle now. Now, what they've really had to work with on him is is the throwing mechanics because it is it is different from baseball to football. I, I, but I don't agree with that. That ruined Tim Tebow. We'll just let hey, him. Let hey him guys, I'm you know to be honest with you, I kind of agree too because like Patrick Mahomes, they kind of let him throw from every which angle. Now I don't want Green going crazy, and I think that's partly why Green has not played more for Neil Brown. He is a backyard football player makes the play, figures out a way to, to make it work. Neil wants it run his way, the offense his way. You know, I, We I, need I, a running quarterback in this offense, though, fellas. We and absolutely I, and, need one. And I agree with that. He is kind of a, of a backyard guy. And somebody had said it, and I didn't really ever think about it, put much talk into it. And then I, I took some time and thought on it and went back and looked. You know who Garrett Green reminds me of? He's probably a more athletic version. Um, uh, we're talking just Mountaineer quarterbacks, right? Yeah, Mountaineer quarterbacks. Probably Skylar Howard. Exactly. Yeah, Skylar. And I, I, in his history, as we've gotten further away, I think we appreciate Skylar a lot more than we did when we had him. But he plays with that fire. He plays with that intensity, and like he he picks up the big first down and just that the, the one there at the end of the game, and he pops up and it's just that primal just scream and that's the kind of thing that this team has been missing i i loved jt daniels early in the year the calm demeanor the never seemed rattled thing but this team has needed the garrett green fire that intensity that bravado that he kind of carries himself with and i don't think that's that's a bad thing i think it, it's a great interjection of life into this team. They rallied around this kid, and the, he waited his turn. He bought his time, and when he got his opportunity, man, he just took off with it. I, I'm with Mike. I think you start him Saturday against K-State, and you just throw the dice out there, and you throw the book out there, and you go, you know what? Screw it. Go. Go do your thing. I mean. See what happens. It, there's always kind of a game where the star is born, right? Maybe yeah. that maybe that was it for Garrett Green. And it's it's kind of a shame in certain respects that our boy Zach is not here with us tonight because he's been banging the drum on oh, he, GG he, for about a year and a half now. He he has been driving that train. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I mean I'm with you guys on that. Now I think JT have him available, maybe use him in a series, maybe just maybe kind of switch it up potentially, even. Um, but you got to have a good line for JT. We've seen that. Oklahoma was getting back there, but that's when Garrett Green broke down, made the play. And like you said, Mike, he did make some really good throws. That 
that fade to Wheaton was a phenomenal, phenomenal throw. Um, and he just has that gamer to him. And I think that that you've got to let him – you've got to let him go like you guys said. But, you know, I also heard he's potentially going to play th- three quarterbacks on well, Saturday. I don't know if you guys saw that. Who else? Yeah. Uh, he was talking I'm about thinking Nico potentially. Them. I'm okay with that as well. Can any of them tackle Deuce Vaughn? Cool. <clears throat> Did either one of you catch Neil's press conference today? Yeah, I didn't get to I catch did. all of it. I, I okay, <clears throat> okay, Blaine, you missed it then. Like, there was like this teacher is in session between him and Caridi at the beginning. What? Now? He told Tony get off his phone and pay attention. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. Huh. Hold on. What was this after? Um, he talked all about the uh, the Virginia thing and stuff. It, yeah. yeah, in the in the Shane Lyons thing. And then after that, it happened. Yes, it did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just kind of a really like weird moment. He was just like, "Tony, get off your phone and pay attention." And then he went on to give his most recent take on Big 12 Weekly, the Neil Brown Press Conference podcast. And he doesn't think K-State's 17. He's got him higher. Now, I heard that. Yeah. Hold on. Was that, did he get on Tony before or after that? Uh, I believe right before. Yeah, it was right before. How did I miss this? Anyway. Post-game Saturday. The weather's shitty, but at least we won. <laughs> Whatever he said. I did, I did hear that. Yes, I did. It gave me a shred of respect for the guy. I was dying. He's like, it gave you, it gave you a little respect for it. Just a shred, just a little bit. I look at it's like I'm gonna get in trouble, and he said it as like so saying, like I don't give a shit." It it was just an actual genuine moment for a change. Man, he he needs a few of those. Yes, be quite honest. Be quite honest. <laughs> you know what, though? Hey, give our give our guys a little bit of credit. Even though Eddie Gray got over 200 yards rushing, we held those guys to 20 points. Great job by the defense. They've been pretty good now and respectable. I'll say respectable against Iowa State. Some of those points were given up by turnovers. Really, since the TCU uh, second half. We're talking about two and a half games worth of Decent defense. They've well, stepped up big fourth quarter, scoreless fourth quarter. Well, yeah, and I, and I think the the big thing is, and you you saw it kind of against Oklahoma, is limited big plays. I mean, they 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 got a couple of them, but it wasn't like some of the games we've seen, like Baylor, who just gashed us for big play after big play after big play. Yeah, we also got a little bit of luck in that game, I think. Let's be honest. There were some times they had some guys open, some throws weren't quite made, the conditions being what they were, flat spot for them. But, man, Dante still has got home a few times, and we made made a few plays. Malachi Ruffin was big in the back end. Uh Jasir Cox was making plays all over the football field for us. And like you said, CJ, we didn't get gashed all that often. It did happen a few times, but not that often. Managed plays. And Oklahoma had some penalties as well. I think that helped us some, um, for sure. But, man, 
you got to give those guys a lot of credit. And you know what? I think that we can do a decent job against against their run game potentially. We've always played them well. Uh, I mean, Neil Brown, if I'm not mistaken here, fellas, uh, is is he undefeated against Kansas State? And it's TCU he's undefeated against. Well, not now. Right, not now, but before the season. He was 3-0 against TCU. What was he against uh, K-State? I, I think believe, he was 3-0. Did, did we lose in Manhattan once? We beat him the first year. Yes, we lost to him last year in Manhattan. So we were 2-1 and one versus him. Okay. He won the first two lost last year. Yeah, you're right, Mike. You're right. Yeah. Because that was the Prather <laughs> game where he emerged for him. Yeah, and, and I think the, the, the interesting with K-State is going to be, obviously – it is kind of like West Virginia. Who plays at quarterback? Is it Martinez? Is it Howard? But and, and I agree with you on on containing Deuce Vaughn. And I think because you're not going to stop him, I mean, they're going to find ways to get him the ball. And and I thought Neil brought up a really good point in his press conference when talking about Deuce. Is who's probably the last running back that you can remember that you saw play that was as good a route runner as Deuce Vaughn is. Tavon Austin when we played him at running back. <laughs> okay, Man, okay. you true, saw those clips true. after the because that was Oklahoma week. And it was yeah, like true, whoa. True. And then it's like, hey Dana, why was this guy not running back? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a true running back. And I and I thought he, you know, you look at guys like, you know, Marshall Falk, but he reminds me a little more of a Darren Sproles partially because of his size. But his ability for them to find matchups for him, um, that's going to be the key for the defense is, is not losing him. Don't don't let him just run wide open. But, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to find ways to contain him. But I think the biggest point is going to be able to get pressure because that's the one thing I have noticed for them, especially with Will Howard. He's had a lot of clean pocket, and it's it's easy to play that way. And I think if you can get in his face or even in Martinez's face – and force them off the spot, force them to be uncomfortable. That's going to be the biggest key to me in this one is, is getting pressure and forcing, forcing them to move around in the pocket, not letting them just stand there and pick you apart. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that CJ. You know what else I think we need to hope for is maybe Kansas state's kind of looking ahead to Kansas, looking ahead of, looking ahead of us, looking for that rivalry. Kansas is kind of like a big team this year. Like, they're kind of excited about it. When's when the they're last doing... time that statement was said? Oh. Looking ahead to Kansas. Hey, we'll take what we can get. You <laughs> this know, isn't basketball. Well, it is basketball season, but wow. I mean, seriously though. No, I agree with you. It's just it. It's funny to hear it. Well, I mean, Kansas State's also in the driver's seat right now for the, to play in the Big Twelve title game against TCU. At the moment, they're five and two. Then you got Oklahoma State, Baylor. Texas all sitting there at four and three. Um, so K State's kind of got a little bit of going to be maybe playing for that as well. But hey, maybe they might look ahead, look ahead of us to Kansas. It's senior day for them. Might not be quite ready. It's, it's possible. You get lucky. Done some good things. I think that's a stretch. 
I think you're right. Maybe not though. It isn't. It isn't in season, or it, it's an in-conference rivalry. I mean, state rivalry. I but mean, it's Kansas. It's still Kansas. Yeah, but it is the. It's still the first year that they've been real relevant. Like maybe they're kind of excited to play them this year. Like, oh, Kansas got game day. We're look at us. We're, we're we've been better the whole time. But they've got the love. Kind when of was, a whatever. Didn't, you didn't know? Kansas hit a pretty bad skid though after the five and zero? Oh. They are now. They're six and four at the moment. Kansas is. It's not bad. It's not bad. Nah, I mean they've you know, hey, they're they're bowl eligible more than we can say about the Mounties right now. That's true. Speaking of the Jayhawks, they've got a game with Texas and Kansas State left. Split those. You go seven and five. You think they can beat Texas and Lawrence this weekend? Hmm, that's interest. That's an interesting game. I kind of lean is, Kansas. Is, is, is Jalen Daniels playing? I don't know. I think it's a possibility. If he's playing, then yes. The uh, He did not play against Texas Tech last game. It, so this, this is one of the weirder things to say, but he is he's one of the most special players I've seen in person at Milan Bushgar. He The defense was clueless. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty high praise, though. That option pitch, just like from Remember the Titans, gotta see the pitch, gotta see the, you can throw it a mile, but you can't pitch it three yards. Oh, he just he had the pitch down perfectly, and we freaking couldn't stop it, or he'd tuck it and run it twenty yards, and he had a good arm too. We we had no answer for him. Oh man, it just it just kind of sucks to look at us and see four and six beside our name. That's just tough. It's unacceptable. That's not good enough. Hey, Kansas State, by the way, top fifteen in, in the uh, in the CFP that came out tonight in, in the Neil Brown poll. They, well, hey, the, Neil the Neil Brown. What did he? What do you think he had him ranked, guys? What What are we guessing? Uh, I don't know. Coach Kleiman runs a great program. Um, really well, tough team. Uh, a lot really jumps out on tape. I don't know. Probably, he's, he's probably got him twelve. Where do you, where are you going, CJ? Um. Well, he did say a little higher. I'd say he's probably got him in that fourteen fifteen range. Uh, yeah, I, I always want to say he's got him like number eight or something like that. Like he's got him ahead of Clemson, maybe Utah, maybe even UNC. They're not tough enough for Neil. Clemson's shown some signs of not being very good. I'd agree with that. I think the ACC is kind of trash this year. It is indeed. You guys want to pick this game? I think we should, Mike. I think it's time to kind of get after it here. First things first, though. If you have a chance to go to this game this weekend, are you going? Yes or no? 42 degrees is game time weather. It says sunny as of now, as of getting ready to be. Wednesday here. Uh, are you going? I, I definitely would go. Um, I'm intrigued by Garrett Green, and uh, you know it's it's a top 25 team coming in. It's it's an interesting setup for a potential upset after a win last week. Yep. But my undefeated Wahama White Falcons are in the quarterfinals. Ooh. Really central. So I'll be uh, back in Mason County calling that game, so I will not be there. A number 
Okay, Mike. So Wahama has another Saturday home playoff game. Yes, it does. Four or five matchup, single A. Big one. It's it's a huge one. Um, but big I, one I, for the White Falcons. It it really is, and I know we're on Mountaineer football. Just to, just to touch a little bit on what I do. Uh, they really really played well this past Saturday, so that was promising. Beat a beat a good St. Mary's team. Yeah. Anytime you get a big win in the playoffs, it's it's clutch. CJ, I mean, you would would you be there Saturday? Yeah, if I could be there, um, I would. Uh, senior day is is always a special one. Um, you know, having having the opportunity to go to to quite a few of those, those are always a special one. Um, yeah, especially when you get guys, you know, like like Dante Stills, who's gonna get to walk for a second time, which is bizarre. But um, yeah, those are always kind of a special atmosphere. Um, you know, and for me, I am one of those guys, if, if I had an opportunity, I would be there pretty much every weekend. Um, you know, I, I suffered through the, the three and eight season that was Rich's first year and didn't miss a game. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys who's there win, lose or draw. And I've left early one time in my life. The Cincinnati game where we came back, that was my leave early game. Oh, it was the Pat McAfee field goal game there, Mike. Yep. Oh, man, that's a tough my, one. That's a tough my, one. My, mine was Texas Tech. Uh, Neil's first year it was freezing cold, and we were getting absolutely hammered. You know what? I did it, actually. It was my very first game. I forgot I did the, I did it um, in this one, too. It, we played a certain team. I think it was Louisville. Some Some kid came in for the first time. And we were out of there at halftime, and, and Ooh, it was that white iconic game. game in history. So yeah, and I've actually done it a couple times. I I came. Oh, you really did it that one? Yeah, that, that's a that's a tough one. I I remember that when I was um I was at Liberty watching that in my dorm room. It's and, all because of you, Mike. That he is Pat White became what he was. If you stayed, yep. it wouldn't have happened. No shot. And and in fairness to me, I think I was like seven years old. <laughs> all good. Not, you had to go. Dad not, was ready to go. Tom was ready to go. I don't think it really went down that way. I might have been involved in the conversation. Oh, really? You think so? It is what it is. Hey, you're like, Dad, man, he suck. I'm ready to go home. Yeah, and I don't really understand the magnitude of it yet, and I'm just like, yay, we're going to be home soon, and we're listening to Tony Caridi call it out on the home, and it's like, yeah, West Virginia doing his whole deal. Um, It's a great day. It's night. a great day to be a mountaineer. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. It happens, Mike. It happens. I've been there yeah. too, man. Sometimes it, you lose. It, it happens. You can lose it, it out. It's it, not it, my it, proud moment. Like I, w- I wouldn't. I like to think that wouldn't. I wouldn't do that now. But I, I, I'd be lying if I said it's never happened. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is. That is a tough one. I. Yeah. Because I. My buddies kept going. Let's go to dinner. Let's go. And I was like, No. I'm gonna finish this game. And they're like. You're losing. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you want to talk about a game that went through the gamut of emotions, man, of any game that that was it from disgust to apathy to, you know, I remember we got a first down late and I'm like, woo, first, whatever. And then just to the joy, to the nervousness, to like the, oh, my God, we pulled it off. Like, I don't know if there's ever been another game in Mountaineer history that ran the emotional gambit that one did. I think in a negative manner, the TCU game was probably the most like up and down I've ever been. I, I, I just didn't believe that we lost it. I was like, did we? There's no way. And then we, we did. 
Huh. The the Rutgers game we won in overtime. Oh, great they game, Jerry Brown. Yeah, another one that I that I really really enjoyed. That's a great one. The Rutgers game was a great one. Mike Cold, Mountaineer Field, no Pat White. Jared Brown got to step in. Yep, Brandon Ray Rice, Brian Randall. Oh, love it. Brandon Hogan makes the game winning pass deflection, and we win. Oh, that was a good one. That was such a good one, man. Remember that? Remember that like it was yesterday. Um, we need a signature win like that. If if he could get this one Saturday, is that does that count? Are we going to give Kansas State credit finally if we beat them again? Or are they going to be out of the top 25 now because they lost to us and so it doesn't count for much anymore? You get you get some credit. They have some legitimate playmakers. I mean, because he's kind of – if he were to beat Kansas State again, he would be 3-1 and one versus Kleinman. And everyone thinks Kansas State's this great program. We just – we've been able to beat them. We just can't beat everybody else. Like, maybe we're, maybe we're due to break through one of these years. Maybe K State needs to reevaluate Kleiman. <laughs> I think Kleiman's doing just fine. He's doing just fine, but I mean, if he if he drops another one to Neil, that that's, that doesn't uh, reflect well on him. Well, I, I here here's my thing. I, I think you do if if Neil gets this one. I think it does. I've always been a, a firm believer on when you play them. Like what they are when you play them should matter more than what they finish out as. Um, yeah, that's kind of always been the way I've looked at things. Because um, you can't control after you play them, you can't control what happens after the fact. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, it'd be a win against a top 25 team, uh, a team that's playing well, controls, essentially controls its own destiny within the league. Yeah, I mean, if you find a way to come out Saturday and get a big win there, yeah, I think that definitely would would be a feather in Neil's cap. I think it would be his biggest win, which would, some people were kind of talking about Oklahoma being kind of a signature-ish. Signature. <laughs> some people were talking about it being a signature win, right? When you can write down bold. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, it's a brand in Oklahoma, right? But Kansas State this time, you beat them a couple times when they've been right there on the verge of the top 25. I would, I would say this is, it would be a huge win. Cause then it's like, Hey, Neil, even though this year did not go well, you did, you guys did rally a little bit and played hard and, and didn't fight and fought the whole time and didn't quit on, didn't quit um, at it, all. It, it would help him too. If Garrett green played well, like continued to excel because then it would have the appearance of a solution moving forward that he could use moving forward, even though maybe he didn't right. want to, which almost is kind of a damnation as well on him to some extent. But I, I totally agree. But it's, it's, it's like we look, we got this stud coming back. We got a quarterback now, one in the last three. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm very intrigued by Garrett Green, honestly. I, I want to see what he can do. And also, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to see some Nico too. To be honest, in in I, spots, I think it's it's only fair. I don't Why care. not? The, with the transfer I, portal, I, I you might as not, well. I do not care about fair. Just just Garrett Green got three touchdowns, got us a win. It's good enough. 
Let's yeah, I feel you. Ride I feel it out. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of with Mike on this one. I, I don't really necessarily care completely about fair. I mean, well, I don't mean to say fair, but I mean, I, well, maybe I mean, here, more or less say earned. Maybe, maybe Nico's earned it through practice. That well, here's he get a shot the, for a series or something. Well, here's the way I, I, I look at it is you you look at every position and, and Neil kind of referred to this is you rotate a lot of guys out L except for one position that's quarterback guys like Nico know that when they signed up for that position when they wanted to play that one I'm not a huge fan of rotating quarterbacks in and out it we we saw it last year when they tried to do it with with Deggy and Green it screws with the offensive line it, it can screw with the wide receivers because the ball comes out from each quarterback different Pick a guy, stick with it. If if it's Garrett, go with it. And I, I I don't really care into this. Well, maybe he's earned it. Roll. If if you've earned the right to start, you've earned the right to play the entire damn game unless you get hurt. Like that's that's kind of my. Or if Garrett comes out and he's just nowhere near what he was last week, and you can tell it, then okay, you know what, make a change, get a spark, but. In all due fairness to Nico, and I'd love to see him play, if he hasn't earned the ability to trot out on that field for that first series, I'm not into this. Well, let's just get him in for a couple of series and see what he's got. I, I'm not a huge fan of that, especially if the game's close and competitive. Now, if it's a blowout, then fine, put him in there and let him go. But to me, if if Garrett's the guy that's earned the right, then let him go. Like, don't, don't get stuck into this Steve Spurrier rotation crap. All right. I mean, hey, fellas, I, I, I would like to just maybe let him let him get a little run. Uh, transfer portal is a real thing, and we might as well not lose a good quarterback. And Who knows? He, and if he transfers because he couldn't play a couple of series against Kansas State, then he's not mentally strong enough to handle the job anyway. And you know what? Good point, CJ. And, and you're probably right about that. And I want to I say this real quick, too, guys. We have seen two – kids hit the portal since Shane Lyons got fired, right? Because they see the writing on the wall. Mumu Benwinhad and Corbin Page. Now, I have a question for you guys. If I'm if I'm a coach of another program and I see that a kid essentially quitting on his team two weeks left, I'm not sure I want that kid in my program. I'll be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And, and especially it, the, the, the Corbin Page one, like there's been injuries. They, they've, they've had kind of a rotation there at tight end, and you haven't been able to crack that rotation. That that tells me something, too. Uh, to me, I, I'm with you. To me, that just feels like you quit because you didn't want to work hard enough or you didn't want to try and get better, and, and you walked out on your team with two weeks to go. To me, that's a negative too. That that's that's how I look at it. That's how I, in any in season transfer. That's pretty much how I've always looked at it. Is don't 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 quit on your guys. Like don't quit on the brotherhood. But that's that's the old man's opinion. <laughs> the old man's <laughs> Mike. I mean, what what do you think about that? Um, in all honesty, I haven't done any research into it, so I don't really want to comment on it. I, I have no idea. Yeah, though no, I mean, I'm just saying in general. I think if you if you enter the portal with two weeks to go, why don't you just wait till after the two games? It's another two weeks. 
the portal isn't even open yet. It won't open till after that. And just go ahead and just do it then. You know, that's just my opinion. I mean, I take nothing away from them transferring or not transferring. You're free to make your own decision in this in this NIL uh, portal world that we live in, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, it's it's allowed some good players to come to us, and so it's it's a very equitable thing. Um, but wh- why not wait till the season's over? That's that's just my opinion. Um, but fellas, I was really saying more or less for the weather aspect of it. It's going to look pretty decent. Supposedly 42, with a little sun there Saturday. 2 p.m. kick, kind of weird. ESPN Plus, another reason to go to the game. So you don't have to listen to that nonsense. Because um, ESPN Plus, it's kind of bad. Kansas State's a seven and a half point favorite here, 15th in the country. Total's 55. Who wants to take the ball and run first here on the predictions? I'll go for this green thing out. I'm, I'm saying he's the savior. Uh, you guys have only experienced a cynical version of me, and that's just because Neil Brown has sucked any joy out of being a Mountaineer fan <laughs> over the course of the last few seasons. But I want us to be good. And, and Green showed flashes of something real the other day, which is an athletic player that actually cares and can make those around him better. And more importantly, he can mask a weakness of the line in large part, not in every situation, but frequently throughout the year. So he's, he, yeah. he's another running back, more or less. He makes it easier on them. The defense is playing better as well it's a weird time right now Shane Lyons is gone Neil probably soon to go also so th- there's really just no pressure let's go let it rip and I think we will I got West Virginia 31 to 17 upset at home hmm. wow a lot of a lot of positive there from Mike I don't hey wow. Mike Mike I love the let it rip what are we getting mentality what what do we got to lose other than bowl eligibility? Like in whatever at that point, right? So let's right. go. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, and, I, and I'm with Mike, and I, and I, for for all the the bashing that Neil has taken, um, and especially from Mike, I I think it's I think it's kind of cerebral in him saying I'm not going to name a starter like. He's making them prepare for multiple yeah. starters. I, I think that was Aspire. very well played on his part. Um, I do think it ends up being Garrett. I don't think it's JT. Um, I think Garrett gave him something, gave him some life, gave him some energy. Um, I think there is something to the thought prospect Blaine you had about JT probably maybe maybe being dinged up and hurt and not, not the same guy at the beginning of the year. Um so yeah, I did, think it didn't let didn't let the other didn't let the folks here on the porch on it. That was inside baseball stuff. There, I got to use that phrase for once. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, so, but I I do think it is Garrett. I think you do kind of run with this. I think senior day is going to afford um, some little extra juice in the crowd. Um, and I and I think you know th- this is a K State team that's played well, but I think they've maybe a little little over what maybe they should be doing um you know this is the first time you've seen will howard really look like the guy that 
you know, everybody thought he was coming out of high school. Uh, Martinez has played well above whatever he was at Nebraska. I, at some point, to me, I feel like that ship has to sink. Um, and I think it does this week. And I think the defense plays inspired. Um, it feels like they've started to really kind of turn the corner um, on some things. Um, green offensively giving you the the additional ability to run, uh, which gives you essentially an extra blocker if you decide to use him in some more of the quarterback draws or you know those read option plays. Um, weather would be a little bit better, so I expect him to be able to throw the ball a little bit better. Um, give me the Mountaineers. I'm going to say 34-21. Okay. Well, fellas, I, I sit here and as I kind of think about it <clears throat> and I keep looking at Kansas State last week and how well they played against Baylor, right? And now they're kind of sitting in the driver's seat to be the second-place team and get a chance to win the Big 12 championship on the field, right? I keep looking at that, and I keep thinking, I've I've seen Kansas State come in here really, really hungry before and motivated and stick with the goal during the, the Snyder years. I'm just nervous that our defense isn't quite ready for that test that we're going to see Saturday with Deuce Vaughn. Now, if we can kind of to do – and, CJ, you brought up the game that we went to, the Deuce Vaughn uh, – Howard game back during the COVID year and how well we played them. I think that could be a little bit of a, a carrot motivation for these kids as well. Um, kind of under the scene. I want to pick us guys. I really do. But I think the purple cats come in here and get the dub over us. I think we'll cover because I think Garrett green will make a, a lot of plays. I think we will run the ball decently well. But that's going to be a concern, too. How are we going to be running the football? we got to have Tony Mathis getting up the field. None of this east and west. Got to go north-south. And got to use Justin Johnson more. But I think we'll lose a tight one. I'm going to go with the Wildcats winning it 30-27. to 27. They kicked the last second field goal this time. Wow. You're you're pulling the 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 Zach Jinx with the walk off. All right. Yeah. Now, if I'm there Saturday, Mountaineers win it. Twenty eight, twenty four. But if I'm not there, that's what's going to happen. Kind of trying to waffle here, guys. I'm trying to trying to bring some magic back from last week too, but. I mean, you could definitely see the scenario where we, we can, we're definitely competitive in this football game now with Garrett Green, quarterback. Like you said, Mike, he gives us life. He gives us life. Yes, he does. Hopefully the defense can – if the defense creates a couple plays, hey, we can win this thing. Plus 235 on the money line, by the way. I ended up throwing down a few shekels on the Mounties on Saturday and uh, kind of hit with that money line there, fellas. Cool 180 off of 50. Plus 360 at halftime, down 12-6. You know, it was a good play. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, first half. Oklahoma, WVU made SVP's bad beats, by the way, too. Minus five. We were at minus five in the uh, first half. So that blocked extra point, lost everybody money on the Mountaineers in the first half. Oof. 
Yeah, rough, rough one. Well, Mike, have fun in Wahama. Okay. Bring bring home a dub there for Mason County. After that, it would be the semis, correct? Semifinals, yeah. We'd hit the road. Uh, now, will you be traveling for that? Uh, I would be for a radio broadcast, yes. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. And that's – you're in single A, so you're looking at uh, – Potentially, what the number one seed in single A is independent, or is it independence, or is that double A? It's James Monroe. <laughs> That'd be interesting, buddy. Don't know anything about him. James Monroe's pretty, they were pretty good in basketball. Same group of kids, it'd be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that, that, that should be. Be a fun one. Um, well, Mike, we at least get to watch the game. Though. Or what time's the game? Um, the game is at one thirty. So, ooh, gonna be tough. Might yeah. get to catch the fourth quarter. High school games are fast, though. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, less stoppages, a lot more running the football. Yeah, less TV timeouts. I think you'll get the full second half. Hopefully, we'll make it a second half game worth watching for you. We can only hope. <laughs> CJ, CJ, I might, I might go freeze, freeze my arse off. So, well, go, go have fun. I'll be sitting, sitting on my couch watching it. And then also have to, you know, kind of keep my phone handy because, you know, the wife's going to want to know the score of the uh, Frankfurt Scott game. So, oh boy, hey, and it's also it's it's pretty tough when the weather's this cold for a four and six trip. It's tough. It, it it can be. It it yeah. I mean, it definitely can be. But like I said, it was with, with Senior Day. That kind of just adds an extra special element to it for me. Um, oh yeah. I, I will I will tell you guys. I was supposed to go last week. Things fell through with the person I was supposed to go with. Didn't go. Enjoyed sleeping in. But after we won, and Garrett Green sitting up in that crowd singing Country Roads, part of me was like kind of sad and disappointed in myself. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I was. I was a little frustrated because that was the, that was the game, the wife and I had circled as as the one we kind of wanted to go to and work schedule and everything just didn't play out. And it's like, man, I could have been there. Ugh. It is the last. It is the last home game of the season. Could be the last one ever in in the Neil Brown era, which I know is sad for you, Mike. You wouldn't be able to attend that. I I totally agree. If I, in my head, I always fantasize like that storm out of the press conference or he goes off on me and it gets on sports center and i just we we had some good moments this year the peak was him having to apologize in the tuesday press conference after getting the number of drops wrong after we lost a pit but uh, yeah I, I, i'm not going to get that opportunity to just kind of sign him off if we if we lose so I, um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna root from home let's go ears Let's go ears. Let's go ears. Let's go drink some beers. Till next time, y'all. Take it easy and uh, enjoy enjoy the college football weekend. There's only two of them left. <laughs>